How's everybody on this morning? Doing well? All right. Praise the Lord. God is, is surely good, and, and he's good all the time. And when I think about it all the time, he's good. So it, uh, it, we, we thank God that, that he, you know, he, he just blows my mind every single day. When I think about it, he, every single day, it's amazing how good he is to me. It's amazing. And especially when I consider he does it in spite of me. That amazes me even the more. On this morning, we are in our last message on preparing to see um, in this five, um, four part five Sunday um, series on preparing to see on vision. And I am going to share with you my concluding notes and ideas and thoughts and things that God has given me. And I pray that all the pieces of which we discussed will come together in one nice package of understanding and for us to grow. You know, we are, as of today, we are only uh, 28 days away from a new year. Uh, 28 days away, not very long at all. Um, and if, these, if this month is very much like the previous months that we've experienced, it will seemingly fly by. So uh, we're not very uh, far away. Uh, my daughter, uh, youngest daughter, our old youngest daughter, Cross, when I was home for um, Thanksgiving, I took the girls to dinner um, and Cross's uh, boyfriend, I took, the, took them to dinner and uh, Cross would say, Dad, you know what? I, I almost made it. I almost made it. I'm like, you almost made, made what? What are you talking about? You almost made it. And she said, I've almost made it uh, with my resolution. I, my, my resolution that I've made, I've almost made it. I, I said that I was not going to drink um, any soda except for if I drank a soda, it was going to be nothing but Sprite. And that was it. And she said, I made it this far. I made it this far. I said, okay, you can, you can do it. You can do it. You can keep going. And I think about when we get ready to go into the new year. Usher, you can go ahead and rest your feet. I'm, I'm gonna, my uh, monologue is a little long before I get into the, into the message. But when I think about us going into the new year, uh, you know, we often do make some form of commitment. You know, this year I'm going to do A, Y, A, B, C, or X, Y, Z, or LMNOP, or something. We're going to do something. We made some kind of resolution or some kind of commitment. And my desire has been that, uh, in over these past six weeks that we would, it's not about a, a dream big or dream small or a dream at all, but it's about our, the vision that God has for us. And that's, that's what I, I hope that we have been able to grab over these past few weeks because when it comes to us completely uh, doing what God has called us to do, we have to know what he said to do. 
Amen. And y'all have heard me say that many times throughout this series that it's important to know what, what, we're, what we've been called to do, what we've been told to do. And vision is that very thing that lets us to know where are we headed? What is it that God uh, has in store for us? What is it that God has in store for us? Now, I am not, um, you know, so far naive to say that there are things that we plan that we, we possibly may not, we may not have or may not accomplish. That's, you know, that's the, that's the truth. But I, the key is there are things that we have planned. That we have planned. There are things that, just being honest, in 43 years, there have been plans that I've formulated and I said that this is what's going to happen and this is what's going to come to pass. And the truth is that they were not all God-given. Amen. Amen. And so what I want us to focus on is that when we are looking at going into this new year or closing out this year or looking ahead uh, five years down the road or ten years down the road, that we grab a godly vision of what he has said. Vision is not just for the church. What I mean by that is not just for the pastors and deacons to have a vision as to where we plan to be as a ministry and, and as you know, what are our goals about uh, or what are our goals about membership and what are our goals about impacting our community. Vision is not just for the church. Vision is for your house. Vision is for you personally. Vision is for you. I don't believe that the Lord gives vision just for the masses to be able to execute them because the truth be told, when you look back in the book of, uh, in the book of Romans, chapter, uh, Romans chapter 12, Paul tells them, he says, there's, the body has many parts. And the truth is, is that if I, uh, if I take the vision that God has given me and I execute my vision, you take the vision that God has given you, you execute your vision. And the next person take the vision that God has given him or her and they execute it. If everybody's executing what God has said about them, that's what brings the entirety of a vision together. Yes, yeah. Amen. So... We are in this last moment, and, and I, I want you to listen to this. A vision is not a mystical concept, but it's a practical tool. It's not a mystical concept. It is a practical tool. A vision, vision means that someone has a God-given idea of what the future could look like and a formulated plan on how to get there. And that's what we're going to conclude with today is I want to give you just some practical things uh, to grab hold of that will help us all write our vision and make it plain. Amen? You don't have to stand or anything. I just want to read these verses real quick. Proverbs chapter, uh, Proverbs chapter, what is it, chapter 19? 20, no, 29, excuse me. Chapter 29, verse 18. Proverbs 29 and 18 and it's up, on the, it's up on the screen. It says, where well, there is no revelation or vision, the people cast off restraint, but happy is he who keeps the law. Where well, there is no revelation, no vision, the people will cast off restraint. They will live lawlessly, but happy is he that keeps the law. Then Habakkuk chapter 2, Habakkuk chapter 2 um, says, I'm going to begin at verse 1, actually. I will stand, stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me. 
and what I will answer when I am corrected. Verse 2, then the Lord said to me, and said, then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision, make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end, it will speak, it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it because it will surely come. It will not tarry. And so the, the scripture shows us that God desires to give us vision, clarity. Our scripture that we hold so dear here at Heaven's Journey, Jeremiah 29 and 11. For I know the plans that I have for you. Or I know the thoughts that I think about you. Plans, thoughts to prosper you. To, to give you an expected end. Not to harm you. Not to hurt you. Not to bring you down to your lowest point. But to lift you up. Those are my plans. And that's what God desires to do for every one of us. There are five parts to every person. Five parts that operates in every person. Uh, these are not in my notes that I gave to, to our brother Cornell to put on the screen. So you, if you want to write this down. These are five parts to every person that walks. No matter who they are. Five parts to every person. There's a spiritual part. Number one, spiritual whether you believe or you don't believe, that's a spiritual part. The Bible determines that says that the every man is every man, every woman, every boy, and every girl has to make a determination of whether or not they accept Christ or they deny Christ. That's spiritual. There's a family part. Even if your family is dysfunctional or non-functional, there's still a family part to every person. We talked about core values uh, two weeks ago, and we said the core values become formulated and developed, uh, uh, you know, even by what we have taught as, as young men and young women in our interactions with our parents or grandparents or, or the people that influence our life. But family is important. Another part to, to every person is social. Whether you antisocial or you sociable, <laughs> there's a social component to you. Every person has a social part to them. There's a physical, physical, physical. Uh, in, in some form or another, we have to consider our body. Because when the body has a moment where the foot is not operating like it should, you may look like Jennifer Hudson sitting up here on the stage singing your song. And then she looked lovely sitting on that stool. I talk about you look like a jazz, a jazz singer sitting on that stool this morning. Yes, you did. I wish somebody got a picture of you to show you what you. Yes, you did. But there's a physical component. And then the last is not just spiritual, not just family, not just social, not just physical, but there's also a work component. Everybody has something they're supposed to do. The Bible says, Amanda does not work does not, should not be eating. <laughs> now, should, our reason why I say should not, the Bible says does not, but we've changed it so much because there's a lot of men that ain't doing nothing, but they eating good. I, <laughs> I don't understand it. <laughs> but a man that does not work does not eat. There's a work component. There's a work responsibility for every person. 
So there are five parts to every person. And when you think about the number five, that's God's grace. Number five, God's grace. And when we consider who we are, God's grace has been active in our lives. It's been active. He desires for it to be active when, we, when he gives vision. God's grace desires to be active when he gives vision. There are five things, and these are not in my notes either. Um, these are not in my notes that I gave to Cornell. But there's five things that must be in a vision. A vision must have. A vision must be five things. A vision must be achievable. Well, pastor, you said that um, I have to think bigger than where I am. Ephesians 3 and 20, you're exactly right. Achievable is not about you. It's about God. Because when God gives a vision, he will bring it to pass. Okay. Matthew 17 and 20 says that Matthew 17 and 20 says that if you have faith the size of a mustard seed that you can speak to this mountain. Tell it to go cast itself into the sea. And guess what will happen? It will be gone. It has to be achievable. But you got to recognize that, that if, if it's something that you can do without changing anything in your life, that's not a vision. That's your work. I'll say that again. If it's something that you can accomplish without changing anything in your life, that's not vision. That's just work. That's just the work you're supposed to do. Amen. Amen. If you don't have to make any kind of sacrifice, any kind of change, you don't have to do anything different. That's not work. That just means you finally started to do what you're supposed to do. <laughs> A vision must be inspiring. A vision must be inspiring. I want to read this to you. Joel chapter 32, verse 8. You don't have to turn there, but just real quick, listen to this. Joel 32 and 8. And you all know that Job is the oldest text, scriptural text of the Bible. Gone too far. Listen to 32 and 8. This is what it says. Now, I said it has to be inspiring. 32 says, but there is a spirit in man and the breath of the Almighty gives him understanding. Listen to that. There's a spirit in man, and the breath of the Almighty, of the Almighty, gives him understanding. Guys, you have to look down on it. We talked about this down on the inside of who we are. I have to be, I have to, I have to get down on the inside and seek out the inspiration that comes from the Spirit of God to do something different. It must be challenging. It must be challenging. If you're going to have a, it, it, like I said earlier, if there's nothing that you have to do different, is it really a vision or is it just the work you're supposed to do? Listen to this, Hebrews chapter 10. Verse 35 through 36 says, do not cast, therefore do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Listen to that. There has to be endurance. There has to be a challenge to move forward. There has, this has to be challenging. You have to be willing to persevere. A vision must be shared. A vision must be shared. Now, I am very cognizant that you have to be careful 
A vision is achievable, inspiring, challenging, but it also must be shared. Listen to this. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 22. Proverbs 15 and 22 says, without counsel, plans go awry. But in the multitude of counselors, they are established. Without counsel, plans go awry. But in the multitude of counsel, they are established. Boys and girls, men and women, everyone, everywhere need somebody in their corner. Need somebody that you can bounce thoughts, ideas off of. It doesn't mean that you got that you take to them to question whether or not the vision that God has given you is, is, is truly for him. I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking about when it comes to vision, there has to, you have to write it. You have to have steps in how to make it happen. We're going to talk about that later. But it has to be shared. And the last thing, it has to be measurable. Measurable. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 10 through 12, shows us that. 2 Corinthians 8, 10 through 12. 2 Corinthians 8, 10 through 12, it says, And in this I give advice. It is to your advantage not only to be doing what you began, and were desiring to do a year ago. But now, verse 11, you must also complete the doing of it. That as there was a readiness to desire it, so there also must be a completion out of what you have. Verse 12, for if there is first a willing mind, it is accepted according to what one has and not according to what one does not have. My Lord. So he says, and Paul says in 2 Corinthians, he says, here's the key. Is that there's some stuff you can't, just because you moved into a new year that you can't throw away. You still got, you have the task to complete it. But also you need to understand that you have to complete it. You have to keep going. Because if it was brought to your mind, brought to you to desire to do that thing, you can't give up on it because it may be difficult. But you have to know what's the expected end that you be. What is, what is measurable? So the five things that a vision must be are achievable, inspiring, challenging, Shared and measurable. Do I need to say it one more time? All right. So when we are writing our vision that has been given to us, we must remember that it isn't a simple dream that we worked up. It is a heavily expressed direction to do two things, and that is to one, advance the kingdom and answer our personal call to God. Can y'all say that with me? If I'm going to carry forth the vision of God, it has to advance the kingdom and reply to my personal call from God. Guys, listen, you better believe on this morning that I'm preaching so much to myself 
And not in the sense of pastoring and preaching. But there are so many other things that God has given. And because, just being honest, because along the way at moments, Sister Latrice, I couldn't see it. Or I thought that was too much. Or no, I didn't have the time. I was like, how do I, how will I come? But when, when God calls you to it, and you know that it will advance the kingdom of God, here's the key that I, I, I've learned. That it's not about 50 or 100 people being impacted at one time. If I reach one, then I've advanced the kingdom. One. Let me give you an example. The Bible says that there was a woman that sold that sold linen, and that she had been, you know, uh, uh, one that was able to see. She was like a soothsayer. She could see. And she came behind Paul, and she was saying, "These are truly men of God. Truly men of God." And Paul tells her, "Hey, you gotta shut up." Because you're not speaking out of the knowledge of God, but you're speaking out of, out, of the, out of the other realm of which the devil operates. That woman's name was Lydia. Lydia was the first convert in what is known as to be Europe. And she carries the gospel. One person. The Bible tells us that, that there was a man by the name of Philip that was running a great revival. In Jerusalem, the Bible says he was caught up and carried out to the wilderness and he encounters an Ethiopian eunuch, one person. And he speaks to that one person. And when he speaks to that one person, he goes back and he carries the gospel back to his home. One person. Your story is a one person story. Somebody spoke to each one of us, one person, and it impacted our life. And, and because it impacted our life, other men and other women, other boys and other girls see the glory and the hope of the Lord through us. That's the importance of vision. So today we're talking about planning for manifestation. Planning for manifestation. There's two things that we have to keep in mind. These are not in my notes. I got a whole bunch of stuff that wasn't in my notes that I gave to Cornell. But <laughs> these two things. Number one, and this is difficult. This is probably the most difficult one. Remember, we're not talking about a dream. We're not talking about a dream. Over the past, over the past weeks of me doing this series, I've had a number of dreams. Some scared me. Some, some I woke up just smiling just as big. But I had a number of dreams. A number of dreams. But when it comes to vision, it's not about a dream. Right? Because you know how I control those? I, you know, y'all, I told y'all to work the experiment. I worked the experiment myself. I worked this spirit. My, I thought at one point in one of my dreams, I, I thought I was on Dancing with the Stars right. in one of my dreams. Yeah. Yeah. That's because one thing I did before going to sleep one night, 
was I was watching YouTube videos of Dancing with the Stars. And so guess what I dreamed about? Dancing with the Stars. Dancing with the Stars. Had this one dream where I was, had caught this gigantic bass. Well, guess what I, had, what I had been looking at before I went to bed? Fishing stuff. Watching some old Bill Dance. Y'all remember Bill Dance? Some, y'all don't remember Bill Dance? Watching some old Bill Dance stuff. Then in one other, the last one, the one other dream I, well, I've had this one multiple times. One dream, I, I, I dreamed that I was a gunslinger. I dreamed that I was an outlaw. I dreamed that I was a sheriff. Guess what I was doing? Watching westerns. One of my best western dreams was when I watched the new Magnificent Seven with Denzel. I watched that one late one night, and that was a good dream. I thought I would ride with him and everything, man. I, but the dream was controlled by what I put in my vision, what I put in front of my eyes. But when it came to vision, vision is not like that. Vision tr- tr- strictly, truly comes from God. But here's, the, here's one of the things that challenges us. Is that when we're planning for manifestation, we cannot be indecisive. That is the biggest thing. That is the biggest thing. You know what? I feel I need to go back to school. I need to go back to school. Okay, when are you going to start taking a class? Well, I just don't know what I want to do. Honey, if you start with one class, God can help you figure out the rest of it. Do you have all the bases out of the way? No, but I still don't know what I want to well, get the bases out the way. But we can become indecisive. Well, what does the word say about that? James chapter 1, verse number 8 says, A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. We cannot be indecisive. As a matter of fact, Psalms 119, verses 113 through 115 says, I hate the double-minded. I hate the double-minded. We cannot be indecisive. But we also have to be devoted. We must be devoted. First Kings chapter 8, verse 1 says, Let your heart therefore be loyal to the Lord our God to walk in his statutes and keep his commandments as at this day. We have to be devoted. Uh, there's, a, there's a chapter in the Bible I want you to go back and read. Read it on your own time. And it's, this is a, it's a vision chapter. And that's Genesis chapter 24. Genesis chapter 24. There's a servant by the name of Eleazar. And Eleazar works for, is a servant of Isaac. I mean a servant of, of, uh, of Abraham, excuse me. A servant of Abraham. And in that particular text of scripture, in chapter 24, in chapter 24, he is challenged to go and find a wife. Not for himself, but for Isaac. In chapter 24, he's told to go find a wife for Isaac. But he comes, he has a vision of what he's supposed to do. And I want to give you some points right here. 
if you look on the internet, there are a number of goal setting or vision setting uh, steps and tools out there. Bishop Jakes has one on his Potter House website. There's Rick Warren has one that you can pull up as a PDF. It has eight steps. Uh, this one, the one I'm going to give you today, comes from Mark Batterson. Mark Batterson, you may have heard his name, the circle maker. Mark Batterson, it comes from him. Okay, so I'm going to share with you these real quick these 10 things that if we're going to bring the vision to plan, we're going to plan for manifestation. These are the steps that we have to take. Now, we've already discussed that vision comes from God. So he's like, well, pastor, I don't know what, I don't know what, what, what God is saying yet. Well, here's the first thing. Pray. That's number one. Pray. If you're going to plan for manifestation, you have to start with prayer. Prayer. If you don't mind, look at your name and say, we got to pray. It starts with prayer. And let me tell you, if you want the most bang for your buck, if you want the most bang for your buck, do what Matthew chapter 6 says. Not only pray in the model of the Lord's prayer, but when you connect fasting to it, you really open up your eyes to see what God says about you. Start with prayer. Just be prayerful. And you know what? When you pray, Here's the most important thing about you being prayerful or you praying. Throw out your nice, cute prayer. You need to pray where your nose is snotty. Your eyes are watering. You need to pray where you're pouring out your heart and saying, God, I don't want to go another day until you show me exactly what you desire for me, for my children, for my grandchildren, for my business, for my parents, for whomever to do. And sometimes you got to be willing to lay and labor at that thing in order to get what you, you know what? Because here's the thing I've learned. I've learned about myself. There's a lot of times that I ask God, God, show me, show me, show me. And he said, you're not ready because you haven't gotten out of the way yet. He's not gonna. It's like he's not gonna cast. You know, the, the Bible says that that was a, that Jesus was talking to to a woman. She said, she said, uh, Lord, Lord, I, I need you to to intercede. He says, I, you know, we don't cast cast pearls to the swine. Why should the Lord bring something to pass when we're not number one getting out of the way with what He's already told us to do? We have to be honest. We have to be honest and say, Lord, you know what? I made mistakes. I messed up. I've done this. I've done that. But, Father, I want to be on the right track with what you have in store for me. Not a cute prayer. You can't pray a cute prayer. You can't pray a cute prayer. You got to pray an in-depth, God, I can't, I can't take another moment until I know kind of prayer. The second thing is you have to check your motives. Your motives. Why? What is the reason behind it? Is it is it because you want everyone to see, or is it because of some other reason? What is your reason? Check the motives. Is it selfish, or is it about the kingdom and about impacting others? Mark Batterson talks about praying and uh, about increasing his finances and he said he he realized he he turned from 
Father, I don't want you to give us, it's not about you giving us more money, but it's about us giving away more money. His prayer changed because he checked his motives. He realized, he says, you know what? And, and because if, if we're really about the ministry that God has called him to, he says it's about us, about his ministry. He says we have to be willing to give. He says we want to be able to give $10 million over the course of our lifetimes towards mission. And then the only way we can do that is that God pours more into us for us to be able to pour more out. What's the motives? What's the motives? You know, I, I desire for my children to not have to, to face the challenges that I faced in going to school. To not have to do it. And so my motives is beyond me, but to my children and my children's children. The third thing, categorize. Categorize. So when we look at our goals and the vision that God has given, is this impacting family? Is this impacting my influence? Is this a new experience that, I'm, that he's trying to bring? Is this about me physically? It's about him, him taking me to new places I've never been before. And all of that impacts, impacts us spiritually because remember, we started with prayer. We started with prayer. I, I have um, learned to change my thought about travel. I've learned to change my thought about travel. I've, I've used to say I want to start traveling more so I can get away from the hustle and bustle of, of life. But I've changed my thoughts about it to this, that I still need to get away from the hustle and bustle of life. But Father, let us go to a place where I can share life. When I'm on vacation, let somebody see the Christ in me that hopefully will change their life. And allow me to impact somebody's life while even while I'm vacating from my typical flow of doing things. I've changed my thoughts. And when I changed my thoughts about that, and the lady said we both changed our thoughts about that, the Lord opened, started opening more opportunities for us to go. Because it wasn't just about us anymore. Amen. Next thing, number four, be specific. Be, be specific. Set a target. What God tells you specifically, that's what's key. And it couples with number five, which is to write it down. If he tells you that specifically, write it down. I don't care how far-fetched or crazy it may sound to you. Write it down. One of the things we say in education is that if you don't document it, it doesn't happen. <laughs> if you did not document it, it doesn't happen. Listen to this, listen to this quote uh, that, that uh, Mark Batterson gives. The shortest pencil is longer than the longest memory. The shortest pencil is longer than the longest memory. So I want to challenge you to do, to start doing something tonight. Tonight. I want to challenge you to get a notepad, piece of paper, and a pen, and put it by your bedside. Whether you're dreaming or you wake up in the morning and something is on your heart, write it down. Trust me, how many of us have been there? 
something was on our mind, even the grocery list, to go to Walmart. And if we didn't take the time to write it down, we don't remember it. But when you write, you have to be specific. Specifically, what did he say? And the reason why it's, it's important to be specific and write it down, because number six says we have to include others. And the reason why that's important is that when you include others, it holds us accountable. Whether you include your spouse, whether you include your children, whether you include your parents, you include your prayer partner, you include someone at work, you include someone that will hold you accountable and help lift you up. You know, one of the dangerous things that we do is we find people that co-sign instead of people that push us. I'll say that one more time. We find people that will co-sign instead of push us. We'll find people. We'll tell people our dreams and so that if we desire we, or we decide we want to quit the dream, they're like, child, I, I was thinking the same thing. I don't know why you try to do that. Amen. Instead of someone saying, instead of someone saying, you know what? No, you can't give up. I know it's hard right now. Keep going. I'm praying for you. I'm, I'm right here with you. You're not by yourself. Keep moving. Amen. That's the kind of person that holds us not just accountable, but, but sister, sister Jenna knows this word that holds us able. Holds us able. That's what comes out of our coaching training. We, we hold people able. Because if, if, if sister, sister Kelly comes to me, and I'm almost done, if sister Kelly comes to me and says, Pastor, you know what my desire is, is that by the time my, by the time Toddy has children, that I have that I have saved up a hundred thousand dollars. She said, Pastor, I, I I I believe that's what God is saying to, to store up for my grandchildren so that Toddy's life won't have to be difficult in raising those children, even with her husband. She just looked beyond herself. Okay, so that's I know. Okay. So when she said, Pastor, that's what I'm desiring. Me and Lee, we in agreement. That's what we want to do for our children. We want to do that. And let's say a year down the road, and I say, well, Kelly, how much have you been saving? How are you doing? Well, Pastor, you know, I, had, I got a new bill, and this came about. No, honey, I'm holding you able. I'm holding you able to it. I'm holding you able. That's what sharing is about. It's holding people able. Number seven. Sometimes we forget to do this one, which is celebrate along the way. Celebrate the small steps. Celebrate the little things. When you see God's hand moving, celebrate it. Celebrate it. If all of a sudden you in one in in one month you find that you have an extra $25 more this month than you had all the other six months prior, that's a reason to celebrate. Amen. Amen. That's a reason. Shatoria the other day found $20 in her dryer. $20 in her dryer. 
And she was shouting for joy. Now, it was $20 that she already had because she's the only one to use her dryer. So she stuck it in her pocket. But it was at the point that she needed it the most. You understand what I'm saying? Celebrate. Number eight. The next one. I want to see what I write. What I write for that because I think I have something different. I did. Okay. Dream big. Dream big. I could tell you this. Go ahead and stand all over the room. My last two, I'll give you while you're standing. I will tell you this: that God does not give. Small visions. He doesn't. He gives big visions that impact. Now, along the way, the steps that we take may be small to get to the big goal, the big vision that he has. But God doesn't, God is too big of a God to give small things. But what he, will, what he will do, I've learned this, is that he will stretch out over small steps to bring the big thing to pass. Number nine. Number nine is timing. Timing. Some things are not going to take place in one year. 2018 just may be the start of what God is doing. There may be some things that you will accomplish in one year. Here's the thing that we do. We often overestimate what we can do in two years and underestimate what we can do in 10 years. So you got to have the right timing. And number 10 if you're planning for manifestation, number 10, you got to pray again. Prayer is, prayer is essential. It's essential. 